It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. So we're here. And I'm at about, well, I'll say 90%. Still feeling a little of whatever the hell I caught the other week. But of course, unless I'm dead or my voice is completely shot, I wouldn't miss out on this for anything. Would not miss getting to hang out with you folks. And White Boy Malcolm X. Not that you'll ever guess, but do you know who popped up on my Apple Watch under that Fitness Plus thing? Nathan Chen, our old buddy Nathan Chen. And if you're out there going, Miller, Miller, who the hell is Nathan Chen? Well, folks, I'm getting there. Calm down. Nathan Chen Or Nathan Chen, he's an Olympic figure skater. And I hope you folks are sitting down for this. But Nathan, he is, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, a heterosexual Olympic figure skater. Which, to me, is an oxymoron. Straight male figure skater. But he is apparently not a member of the tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. And Nathan, what was that, a year or two ago? But Nathan came out and he said something like, figure skating is a homosexual dominated sport. Something like that. Something obvious like that. Like when you hear it, Well, no, duh. No kidding. But Nathan got in a ton of trouble for stating the obvious. He had to, like, grovel and apologize for making that observation. And I had to come onto the podcast and defend the guy. Because I was like, what's wrong with what he said? It's true. It's not like he said it as a pejorative. He was just stating the obvious. And I use the example of when I worked retail many years ago, many, many years ago. Now, I work with a straight guy or two, but for the most part, retail is a homosexual-dominated profession. Women in Queens depending on the store. You're not going to get that at the Home Depot. But when you go, like the other week, I walked into Banana Republic when I was down in South Carolina 
Mama Frost and I went over to Greenville, did some shopping at Haywood Mall, went into the Banana Republic, two women and a queen, and a judgy queen at that. And you queens know what I'm talking about. So I guess Nathan here got himself out of the doghouse over saying that, got himself back in the good graces of the queens over at Apple, if they're putting him in their little Apple fitness thing. So good job there, Nathan. Just remember, queens don't play. And sometimes, not that I've learned this lesson yet, but sometimes not saying something is the better way to go. So let's just go ahead and jump into things, folks. And this first one is from Queerty. Those girls over at Queerty. Gen Z is here. They're queer. And right-wing nuts are completely freaking out about it. Why am I even doing this one? We've talked about this, I think, to death. And this latest survey from a Gallup poll... 19.7% of Gen Z kids out there claim that they're LGBTQ+, which is a joke. You got a bunch of heterosexual kids with personality disorders who all want to seem, oh, so edgy and cool. And so what do they do? They come out as some sort of queer with their super special pain-in-the-ass gender identities and their super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns. Oh, I'm bi-gender queer, and use they-them pronouns. Oh, I'm asexual gender queer, and my pronouns are zizirza. Yes, of course they are, princess. But this article, right-wing nuts are completely freaking out about it. This is why I call them the vapid gay media with their heroes and villains narrative. And they gave a couple of examples here. Oh, the horror. And they cite three things going on in Texas to show how right-wing nuts are completely freaking out. Are you ready for these? First, some representative there wants to close all voting locations on college campuses. Second, someone wants to change it from a misdemeanor to a felony if you illegally vote in the state. And the third one is changing their primaries to close them so that you have to be a Republican to vote in the Republican primaries or a Democrat to vote in the Democrat primaries. So over at Queerty, those girls over at Queerty, you want to talk about insanely convoluted logic. They're trying to argue that because we have all these pretend queer kids out there, one in five Gen Z kids acting out, running around playing magical fantasy land, that in Texas, they're targeting specifically targeting these queer kids with these proposed changes. 
So according to Queerty in Texas, they're like, holy crap there, Jim Bob. Look at all those queer kids. We better make it a felony to illegally vote in the state. We'll show them queer kids who's in charge. We'll get them. That's their argument. Their specious argument. And that's what's called the post hoc ergo propter hoc fallacy, which is after this, therefore because of this, in other words, A preceded B, so A caused B, and the queerty, you have all these silly fake queer kids running around. You then have proposed voting changes in Texas. Ergo, all the fake queer kids are driving the Texans to change their voting laws. That's what they're arguing. And with the narrative... The queer kids are the heroes. The Texans are the villains. And as usual, we're all victims. Oh, it's so horrible being us. We're so oppressed. Yes, of course you are, princess. Okay then, girls. You girls over at Queerty. Nice try, but as usual, epic fail there. But you have fun trying to sell that. From Fox News, Katy Perry traumatized American Idol contestant with harsh critique. In my nightmares, Perry is an American Idol judge with artists Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan. I didn't even realize that American Idol was still on. It's one of those shows I've never watched. I've never seen any of those shows. I'm just not a big reality TV kind of guy. I've only ever watched one. And that was only because I knew some people on there. It was a husband-wife team. He was kind of a jerk. And his wife, she was a snit. Came into my house put on airs with me in my own house. And I was like, honey, I'm not the one who drives a crappy Prius and lives in the valley. Go take your pretentiousness somewhere else. But I've only watched that one just to see her emasculate him and to watch her make a complete ass of herself. And I'll just say, Mission successful. But with this, I guess three years ago, this little Twinkie boy, Adriel Carrion, he goes to audition for this stupid American Idol show, season 19 of American Idol, and he and another contestant, Anthony Guzman, they were going to do a duet for their audition And they were going to sing Watermelon Sugar. And White Boy Malcolm X, guess who sings Watermelon Sugar? Maroon 5? Really? Are they even still around? You think Maroon 5 
assuming they're still around, that Watermelon Sugar is their song. Well, I guess I could see Maroon 5 singing a song called Watermelon Sugar, but it's not them. It's Harry Peekaboo Styles. Peekaboo, peekaboo. It's one of his silly songs. But I guess a couple years ago, Katy Perry put her foot down and she was like, you queens, no more singing that stupid song. I can't take it anymore. No more watermelon sugar. You girls need to come up with something else. Not exactly what she said, but that's the gist of it. Probably had like 50 queens all coming up on in there, all thinking they're going to become the next, the next Kelly Clarkson, who is fabulous, by the way. But they probably had like every queen out there was coming in. Oh, I'm going to sing Watermelon Sugar. And Katy Perry was like, no, enough, no more. So fast forward three years, fast forward to today, and Adrian Carrion here, he goes up onto TikTok because that's what every insecure, attention-starved, fame-seeking loser does. He goes onto that dumpster fire of a social media app to complain about it three years later, and this is what he said. It's the way that it's been three years, and I'm still traumatized by this moment. I can be getting my beauty rest. See, folks, told you he's a queen. And all I hear in my nightmares, not watermelon sugar. And then he sings the song, and White Boy Malcolm X, we really should have gotten this clip. But he sings the song, And at least according to this article, he mangled the living hell out of it. So Katy Perry was right in not wanting to listen to it. Was probably thinking, I'd rather listen to Miley Nepo Baby Cyrus and her voice that sounds like cats being tortured than this silly little Twinkie wanting to play Harry Peekaboo Styles. So this queen three years later, is still traumatized, is suffering from PTSD because Katy Perry didn't want her ears to bleed listening to him pretend that he's that closet case. So he's another one stealing Ricky Martin's shtick. We had, when was that? Last year, I think. We had Ed Plagiarist Sheeran. He was claiming that a South Park episode on gingers traumatized him years later, gave him some PTSD over it. So Ed was, yet again, plagiarizing Ricky Martin's trauma story for attention. And now we've got this little queen trying to do the exact same thing. Katy Perry is Baba Wawa and this silly queen no one's ever heard of 
He thinks he's Ricky Martin. But he's not. Because no one is going to usurp Ricky Martin when it comes to being traumatized and having PTSD. No queen does it better than Ricky Martin. The rest of you are rank amateurs or plagiarists. Don't even bother trying. Like the Twinkie Twins, Timothy Chalamet, and Taryn Edgerton, like those two, trying to usurp world-renowned gay-for-pay actor Benedict Cumberbatch. Those two trying to take away his title, again, never going to happen. So, Adriel, bless your heart, girlfriend. Bless your heart six ways to Sunday. You trying to trash Katy Perry because she has enough common sense to not want to hear you and all the other queens shrieking out a Harry Peekaboo style song. Princess, you are no Ricky Martin in more ways than one. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. From Lifehacker, stop teaching kids to say sir and ma'am. It's as likely to offend as to be appreciated these days, and it's simply unnecessary. Well, on the plus side, I don't have another life hacker story on your clothes dryer. Well, technically I do. They do actually have another story on how to properly use your clothes dryer. The easiest way to dry your laundry faster. From tossing in a wet towel to properly cleaning your machine, these tips will give you drier clothes in less time. Someone over there at Lifehacker has a robust fetish about using a clothes dryer. Reporting on how to use a clothes dryer. Oh, I'd like to do another story on a clothes dryer. No, we've got 10 of them up there already. Leave it alone for a couple of days. Go do a story on the washing machine or any other appliance, no more clothes dryer stories. Oh, geez. You'll get over it, princess. But this one, this thing about sir or ma'am. Now, I grew up in the South, in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And that was drilled into us at a very young age. And it still is when I go down there. And even in the younger generations, my friends' kids, it's yes, sir, no, sir. Or they address me as Mr. Miller. At least they don't say Mr. Frost. I am not my father. Mr. Miller is fine, though. 
But people still do it down there. It's part of the culture down there. And no one gets butthurt about it. And the idiot who wrote this, Anna Lee Bayer, who says she was raised in rural Alabama and was never taught that. Okay, princess, if you say so. She, in this article, wants people to look for more modern ways to be polite and show respect to people of all ages and genders. Ugh. And I'm not going to go through all these, but here are a few of her reasons to stop teaching sir and ma'am. It comes with tremendous risk of misgendering trans, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people. So right out of the gate with this one, this pandering to our new gender identity overlords. So now we have to rip out sir and ma'am to accommodate people's pretend fantasy worlds so women with penises and pregnant men plus all the weirdo heterosexual kids with their personality disorders, they don't get butt hurt if you say yes, ma'am, and not yes, sir. It often offends people who feel young but associate the word with age. Only a hysterical millennial, Gen Z kid, looking to get offended over something, only they would get worked up over a first world white people problem, like someone saying, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am to them. Oh, how triggering. Yes, of course it is, princess. It is generally used with older women and can be offensive. Again, to people who just want to get offended for the sake of getting offended. No older woman I know would ever get offended if someone said, yes, ma'am, to them. And the last one, the expectation is an unsettling throwback to requiring people of color to say sir and ma'am to the white people they served. So it's racist. If someone calls you sir or ma'am, you're just like Massa on the plantation, making all the slaves show you respect. You racist pig. So Annalie Byer here, she's another hysterical white liberal looking to virtue signal, looking to assuage her white shame with this racist jab, another one with the pretend arguments. Oh, we can't say sir or ma'am because it's triggering to weirdo queer kids, women with chips on their shoulders, and it's basically only something racist crackers would use anyway. Okay, princess, if you say so, And Annalie, you know, with this nonsensical article you got here, if this life hacker gig doesn't work out for you, if trying to explain basic life skills to adults who have no idea how to adult isn't in the cards for you, 
I'm sure some of the mean girls in the vapid gay media would be interested in this kind of garbage. They're always looking for half-assed pretend journalists anyway. Someone else to further their heroes and villains narrative. And princess, you definitely check that box several times over. From page six, Paris Hilton reveals she had an abortion in her early 20s. I was not ready for that. Now, I really hate to say this, but Paris Hilton is like herpes. Just when you think you've gotten rid of her, boom, she's back to make you miserable all over again. And so I guess 20 years ago, give or take a year, Paris found herself knocked up, decided to get rid of it. No idea who the baby daddy was. I suspect she may not know that either. Because Paris, folks, back in the aughts, she was Ronan Rubenstein before Ronan was Ronan. So in other words, just like Ronan likes to do now, Paris, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, she liked to go out, get banged by half the guys in L.A. Now, we don't really ever talk about abortion here. And we don't talk about abortion because, to be frank, I could not care less about it. As I've said many times, many, many times, I am a big old queen. So abortion, not something I will ever, 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 ever have to worry about. So I couldn't care less. And I don't really care about this either. Or should I say, I don't really care that Paris Hilton got herself an abortion 20 years ago. None of my business. What fascinates me, though, is that, you know, she just got married a year or two ago. Bless his heart. Whoever saw dollar signs and free hotel stays and ignored the rest of the train wreck. But she just got married, just had a kid. Although she didn't have the kid. She had a surrogate have the kid. But who comes out and tells the whole world like she's suffering from Madonna syndrome? Oh, look at me, look at me. I'm still relevant. But she has an episode of Madonna syndrome, comes out, runs to Glamour magazine, and is like, oh, I had an abortion 20 years ago. Like anyone, anywhere, is thinking about Paris Hilton. If you're over the age of, say, 30, 35, you're probably doing everything in your power to never think about dopey Paris Hilton again. In just a few years, however long her vapid clown car of a show with Nicole Richie was, in just those few years, people had more than enough of Paris Hilton more than a lifetime's worth 
of having to hear about Paris Hilton. But here she is, back like herpes, oversharing on a decades-old abortion. Like anyone not named Paris Hilton cares about Paris Hilton or her abortion? No. Maybe a star effort or two. But that's it. The rest of us, please, Paris, just go away. Take your abortion story and your Madonna syndrome and your neediness and just go away. Goodbye. And for our last story, folks, it's from the New York Post. Activist Raquel Evita Saraswati has faked her Arab and Latin racial identity as far back as 2004. Reports. How many white women at this point, how many of them have come out as some sort of racial minority? I know we talked about Rachel Dolezal, the fake black chick from whenever, but we've had a couple of them now. About every six months or so, another hysterical white liberal chick, hysterical white millennial Gen Z liberal chick will get busted for running around. Oh, I'm black. Oh, I'm Latinx. Which is always a dead giveaway. If they run around, oh, I'm Latinx. Because that made up word is used almost exclusively by hysterical white liberals. So if you know some hysterical Hispanic Millennial Gen Z liberal chick who runs around, oh, I'm Latinx. You're 50-50, she's a fake Hispanic. There's at least a 50% chance it's a dopey white chick playing pretend. Like a lot of the hysterical white millennial Gen Z queer kids do. Oh, I'm non-binary gender queer and my pronouns are zzrza. No, you're not. You're just an insecure heterosexual kid with a personality disorder. But anyway, this fake, well, I guess she's fake mixed race. She's claiming Arab and Latin heritage. But her name, well, her real name is Rachel Elizabeth Seidel. I think that's how you pronounce it. S-E-I-D-E-L. But her fake name, her fake Arab and Latin heritage name is Raquel Avita Saraswati. And she is 39, so an older hysterical millennial. And she is the, and you can't make this up, folks. She's the chief equity, inclusion, and culture officer of the Philadelphia-based American Friends Service Committee or AFSC, a progressive Quaker group that fights violence, inequality, and oppression. So she's probably a load of fun at family get-togethers. And guess who threw her under the bus, white boy Malcolm X? Her own mother. In you go, under the bus. Her own mother, Carol Peroni, 
She said this. I call her Rachel. I don't know why she's doing what she's doing. I'm as white as the driven snow, and so is she. And I guess someone called up the HR department over at the American Friends Service Committee, got hold of some guy there, Oscar Pierre Castro. Three names, got to be a queen. But Oscar, who I guess helped hire this fake Arab Latinx white chick, and he said he felt conned and deceived by the revelations. So another one, under the bus you go, sister girlfriend. And apparently, she told Oscar Pierre Castro here that she was a queer Muslim multi-ethnic woman. So not only is she a fake Arab Latinx, she's also yet another heterosexual with a personality disorder. And no, folks, I have no idea what her super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns are. I'm sure they're just as fancy as the rest of her magical fantasy land life. You white women out there, you hysterical leftist white women trying to outrun your white shame by pretending to be anything other than white, like a horny high school teacher. Ah, not that fresh teacher bait. Seducing that fresh teacher bait. Making sweet, sweet love to that fresh teacher bait. At some point, ladies, you're going to get caught. It's just a matter of time. No amount of pretend minority playing is going to get you out of getting busted, out of getting publicly humiliated like this one and all the others before her. So I'd give it up if I were you. But I suspect your white shame is never going to let you do that. So on that note, since I cannot top yet another hysterical white liberal chick making up an ethnic background to appear more down for the struggle, even if this one got sold out by her own mother, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen for joining us on this weekend edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.